Hi, and welcome to the official Good Morning Football podcast. I'm Will Selb, and here are the best moments from this week so far at the breakfast table. Week 12 is over, and we're still recovering from all the action, from a record-setting performance out of Philip Rivers to a limbo-inspired Vikings celebration. Let's find out what the breakfast table thought about some of the biggest games from Week 12. Let's talk Colts. We just saw the highlight. It's been very impressive. One of the most impressive stats of the season is how many consecutive weeks he's gone without getting sacked. It happened yesterday, of course, but is it time to officially put him in the MVP conversation? This is a charge you've been leading yeah. on this show. Oh, yeah. This is, this is uh, it's past time. This is not a cute story anymore with the Colts where they got off the mat. They are a juggernaut. They haven't lost a game in six weeks. Andrew Luck is breaking records held by Dan Marino about consecutive games with Peyton Manning. Has. Peyton Manning and Brady are just in his reach. Yep. Like, it's it's a joke how well they're playing right now. I say this all the time. I take the MVP very literally, and I put the value in it. It's not whoever has the best stats on the best team. It is whoever means the most to his team. Take Breeze off the Saints, Mahomes off the Chiefs. I think they find a way to win games. You take Luck off the Colts, they may be over right now. He is fantastic. The Colts right now are the best story in the AFC by far. And, and the highlights might not tell the story. They're down, you know, 10 points with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, yep. and there was no panic no worry. Luck said, come with me, guys. Led them on a long drive. The defense stopped him. Led them on another long drive. And I'll double down on that. Go Not on. only is he in the MVP conversation, I think Frank Reich's in the Coach of the Year conversation. Go I on. think Quentin Nelson's in the Offensive right. Rookie of the Year conversation. And I think Darius Leonard's in the Defensive Rookie. Last year, the Rams kind of swept the NFL honors. The 6-5 and five Colts right now, to me, are the team that we're going to show up the night before the Super Bowl. Yeah. The Colts won everything. They won all this <laughs> hardware. They're that good. And Andrew Luck is firmly, he might be in the leader's seat right now with Mahomes and Breeze looking at him. But I'm if they win all those things, and that takes away from what your literal meaning of most valuable player, because you do have Frank Reich making a guy out of Eric Ebron that never thrived in Detroit. So I don't know that he's the MVP. What he's doing, having the second most touchdowns behind Patrick Mahomes this season, without an elite, deep receiving core, he has T.Y. Hilton and, and some other guys that maybe wouldn't put up those numbers with, but he's still behind Drew Brees to me because some of the throws Drew Brees is making. I know he's got talent around him, but his team is 10-1, and, 10 and 1, and he's doing things I've never seen before. Yeah, it's okay for multiple guys to be in the race. You know, Pat Mahomes, Drew Brees, of course, Phillip Rivers is a dark horse. Yeah. Andrew Luck is a dark horse. But I feel like you can go into the season saying that he doesn't have that much help, but if you look at T.Y. Hilton, Eric Ebron, Naeem Himes, Marlon Mack, all these different individuals that have really taken shape to give him the skill players he needed. He's showing out. Yeah. And here's the thing. You mentioned it. If he's right behind Pat Mahomes right now, Pat Mahomes sitting at 37 touchdowns, I believe, Andrew Luck at 31 or 32. If he finishes the season at 11 and 5 and Pat Mahomes has a couple of games where he doesn't throw for four or five touchdowns, mm -hmm. And he ends up leading the league in touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Andrew Luck with his team at 11 and 5, 40 plus touchdowns. You better bring him up in the MVP conversation. I said this a few weeks ago, and people were like, oh, this is crazy. And you know why I said it? Because I watched my guy Kyle Brandt over here bang, bang on the table and say, they will be in the playoffs. Pay attention to Andrew Luck. And I said, you know what? We should. So I started watching him closely. Mm -hmm. And the more and more I paid attention to what he's doing, the more I realized if he stays on a heater like this, gets his team into the playoffs, has 10-plus wins, you better bring him up when it comes to most valuable player. I look at that and I think – I look at the numbers, right? 11 interceptions for Luck, two interceptions for Drew Brees. Tell me how these voters worked. Is that what they look at or what? I think they look at the team that, A, either dominated from start to finish, but, B, which player embodied that team's success? I think Drew Brees is right now probably with Mahomes in that front-runner yeah. spot. But if you're doing a horse race, here comes Andrew Luck coming, and he's coming. Right. And if they finish 11-5, and five, 
he will get votes. I love what that. What a great story. The too. writers love the story. story. Luck is the superstar that everyone just went to sleep on and forgot about and wrote off. The story of him, I mean, he had his team in the second round when Pat Mahomes was on the pitcher's mound. You know what I mean? This goes, he there was were Mahomes questions before he wouldn't Mahomes. play again. Of course, would he ever play again? Would he ever be the same? I don't think he's ever been better. And wait till the next few years when they start continuing to build this yeah. team around him and draft more weapons and everything. Luck looks, he's never looked this good. He is so good. He barely gets hit. He doesn't miss. He throws it away. It's everything we've always wanted Andrew Luck to be. He protects become. himself right when he's running. Exactly. I mean, it's good right now. Somebody, somebody beat him. And I love that you bring up Frank Reich because how good the Colts look and how the Eagles haven't looked good yeah. is really an indictment on how important he was to that team. Aaron Rodgers will majority of the time play mistake-free football. He needs the pieces around him to play mistake-free mm -hmm. football. So when you look at what they have, Devontae Adams is a monster. He's a tremendous talent. He was eating up roads yesterday. He was. Uh, Aaron Jones is a beast. Aaron Rodgers gets busy. But when you make mistakes and you collapse against a team that will take advantage of that, this is the end result. But I will say this. I feel like we're burying the lead. The fact that he's sitting there after the game saying, beat them, beat them, beat them. You guys know what fans think and media thinks when a player guarantees one game. Mm -hmm. I remember saying, we're going to win on Sunday, and this is the beginning of the season, and everybody got in their feelings. Mm -hmm. The fact that Aaron Rodgers is doing it again, what if you're those other teams that's on the schedule, and Aaron Rodgers just told the whole world, we're about to beat everybody the rest of the season. That's a bold take. This is a guy who's a master motivator. He's done the relax. He's done run the table. This is not so much for us in the media to get all the Who is it for, Shregs? That is for the locker room. Talk about it. That is for the locker room. That is why you pay Aaron Rodgers the money, because he will go out there, put himself on a limb, mm -hmm. and, yeah, he'll look like a fool if they lose the next two games. And, hey, what was that all about? Okay. He is now trying. It's like he's, he's at the but casino. if they rally around him. He's at the casino. He's on his last dime. This is a warrior on his last dime after a tough loss on the road in a game that he did not play his best game, saying – I'm putting all the chips on the table. I'm going to try every last motivational trick. If that's what gets Aaron Jones going, if that's what gets Jimmy Graham to play tough with that broken thumb, which he did last night, Jimmy Graham was valiant last night. Like, Packers have been terrible on the road. Packers have been awful the last few weeks. Aaron Rodgers is trying every last motivational tactic, and if it works, hats off to him. I love that he's trying it. What's going to get him going? He's playing great. He's, he's playing, on he's his playing last great. great. This guy's playing he's great. He's on his last dime at the $50 table, Peter. And this is hard for us because we have such a healthy respect for the talent. I have no more love to give. They, they've played 11 games, and they've won four. All right? It's like Samwise Gamgee. Don't go where I can't follow you. What am I supposed to do? with The Browns have the same record as the Packers, mm -hmm. and I 100% believe more in the Browns right now. I, 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 what, Peter, is this hard for you? Because I know you respect Rodgers so much. Is it hard for you? I said before the season, coming off the collarbone, he'll be the MVP of the league. And here we are. Were they four, four, six, seven, and one. Four, six, and one. Come on. And I'm not saying that's impossible right now. It's you're not. You feel man. so. You're telling me this team gives you. There's some juice. No, look. Something. Him and McCarthy might not even be talking the way that the body language. It looks awful. Yeah. It looks terrible. That soundbite alone. I've been through this too many times with this guy. I can't until they're officially eliminated. Really. But that was last week. And that was the week before. This to me was the Rodgers leave town game. Okay. You can't, you lost again at four six and one. I can't. Peter. I've seen the Panthers lose three straight games. I see the Redskins without Alex Smith. I see the Eagles muddling around. I know what the schedule there, there and the standings a, say. What's your guts say? Never mind the standings or who loses. Do you really think this team is a winner? They, have, they no, never win. It's hard no. to have confidence. You know what I mean? No, they're not a winner. But can they get that sixth seed and make a run? Never count that guy out. Uh, Kyle, i got to ask you. Yeah. So they've got week 15 at the Bears. This is, I think, the gauge of how you feel. There's, as a Bears fan, you were just conditioned mm -hmm. to be a terrified sure. of Aaron Rodgers and company. With the way that he's playing, with the way that this team is playing, do you have any concern about them going to Soldier Field and getting a win like they usually do?
there's a great little th- thing in that run he was on about we got to go to this team, this team. He goes, we got to go to Chicago, where we've had a lot of success. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is a little every, thing. We can play that little X-Leagues, right. So if I'm a Bears fan, 100% I'm terrified of that. He's still Pennywise. They can't beat him. We play the Falcons. I've had a lot of success around that. And he has. But we got to win some games here. It's, it's December almost. We got to win. What is our big takeaway from Seahawks, Panthers, sort of in a vacuum? But then you guys can take it wherever you'd like. The biggest takeaway is that Russell Wilson has something we've been waiting for for quite some time. That's a running game. He has playmakers that have stepped up around him. I think for a long time, since Marshawn left, it was, who's going to run the ball? And then there was a moment where we thought, okay, they got Doug Baldwin, and he's a pretty good wide receiver. Who are his playmakers? Mm-hmm. And I think for the first time, Russell Wilson doesn't have to do everything. I love alluding to the stat that I bring up all the time, and that's Russell Wilson last year accounting for 37 to 38 touchdowns, which is a crazy stat. He's out there playing relaxed with a big smile on his face. And Strakes, I know you want to talk about some of those guys. That's because he doesn't feel like he has the weight of the world on his shoulders every single game. We do something on the show where we say watchability. What are those teams that you're flipping through and you're like, I want to watch this team? The Colts are a team that I want to watch right now. The Seahawks and the NFC are so watchable. They have these tight games, and whether they win or lose, they give it their all. And i got to give it a testament to just the scouting in the front office. Look at some of these guys. David Moore was a seventh-round pick out of East Central Oklahoma. He's making huge plays down the stretch. Chris Carson was a seventh-round pick out of Oklahoma State. George Fant was undrafted. He's a blocking tight end that also could play offensive tackle out of Western Kentucky. Tedrick Thompson, Shaquille Griffin. I know we talk about Shaquem a lot. Shaquille Griffin's been awesome this season. The Seahawks are fun, and this was not supposed to happen. If you watched anywhere on television and not in Seattle. This was a gap year. This was a gap year. Take they're a graduating year class. They're going to go 4 the 12 We'll get it. <laughs> they're right in it. They're the most entertaining team, and they, got, they, made, they made key plays when they had to, and the Carolina Panthers simply did not. The Carolina Panthers had no killer instinct mm. last night. Yeah. The Seahawks, they did. The Seahawks are a blast right now. Peter, there's an East Central Oklahoma? East Central <laughs> Oklahoma. That's it. Um, this team was 0-2, and it's the gap year thing. Then they're 2-3, and three, and it's like they got off the mat. Then they're 4-5, and five. Eh, maybe you know, they're messing with their draft pick. Now they're dangerous as hell. I think there's good quarterbacks in this league, there's great ones, and then there's scary ones, the ones you do not want in the playoffs. You don't want Russell Wilson in the playoffs. That throw on fourth and three, mm. I think is my favorite play of the year. David Moore! It was a ridiculous play and call. The, the cojones on fourth and three, guys, on the road, we're going to throw it deep to the end zone. You don't do that. You get to the sticks, you move the chains, Russ runs around and scrambles, and then you live another day. You know how easily this could be incomplete? The coverage is there. He just didn't try to make a play. Yeah. It's the perfect pass. There's only a few guys in this game that we covered that would try that throw, let alone complete it. He's one of them. They're so alive. They're so scary. You do not want them in. The Panthers, ever since Cam showed up, what's up, baby, T-shirt, they haven't won a game. They're mm-hmm. over. They're on the skids, and the defense is letting them down. But Seattle right now, I look at Seattle in the NFC and the Colts in the AFC as the teams you do not want in the club. It's because of those quarterbacks. And Just don't see. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to talk about the Panthers to so finish your thought on But Russell Wilson, I remember there was a moment where Joe Flacco, he, he won the Super Bowl at the right time, right, and got paid. And everybody said, well, he plays so well in yep. November, December. And we kept talking about it. He plays well in November, December. We're done with that. Joe Flacco, you had that title for a while. Mm-hmm. It's Russell Wilson's time. Of mm. Because every single time around this month and Scary. next year, he plays so well at a high level. He had a season high at 339. Just when we thought, oh, this is the best running team in football, which they were statistically. Can we give Russell Wilson credit for being 
possibly the most clutch quarterback in November and December. If you're the Rams, you want to see this guy for a third time? No, sure don't. absolutely not. Panther side, though, since nobody brought it up as a takeaway from this game, you guys are all talking Seattle. I know that they lost, and now it's three straight. They're sitting there at six and five, right? I would like to put some blame on Cam, but I can't because he's looked awesome, efficient, accurate out there. Christian McCaffrey's doing his thing. It's weirdly the defense to blame for the streakiness Mm. of the season. The defense has allowed over 100 points in three games straight. They let Russell Wilson, who's amazing on his own, but they let him back-to-back, five consecutive drives, Seattle put up points. That is not the Panthers' Panthers defense that I sort of know. Are you guys no longer worried about the Panthers, or are they a dangerous team to get at 6-5? and I don't know what to make of them. I think I'm concerned for the Panthers, and I think when you get to the red zone seven times and you don't turn those into points and going for it on fourth and three and Cam is not getting that first down, things are getting weird for them, and it's getting away quick. Got to make some kicks for him. Those big plays too from Cam. The defense caused no turnovers yesterday. You see Thomas and Keekley, You think they're set? Defense is letting them down. That's right. Philip Rivers completed 96.6 percent of his passes, setting a single-game NFL record, passing friend of the show and Nerd Bowl extraordinaire. Yeah. Did he win a Nerd Bowl? He did. He beat yeah. Nerd, Nerd Square. Nerd Bowl yeah. champion. Who was the answer? Kurt Warner. <laughs> Takeaways, gentlemen, from the two and eight Cardinals facing going into this one, of course, facing the Chargers who fell in Denver a week ago. Chargers came out real flat in the game. I don't know what it was. They overlooked the Cardinals, whatever it was. It was terrifying. Yeah, and, and I don't blame them. They came out flat. Rosen came out through a touchdown to Fitz, Fitzgerald and it was great. And then there was a play that changed everything, and it's the play that Chargers fans have been waiting for for four months. The pit boss, Joey Bosa, came back last week, said afterwards, my foot wasn't right, I didn't feel good. He looked really good yesterday. Had a sack right here, just exploded off the line. He had another sack in the game. And why is this not that important that he's sacking Josh Rosen in this game? They destroyed them. What's important is if you watch that play and look through your fingers, use your imagination, and it's red and red, and it's not Rosen, maybe it's Patrick Mahomes. Maybe it's somebody there because we talk all this time about the Chargers. It seems to be their whole season is building up to whether or not they could beat Kansas City. They can do this. This is great. They beat the Cardinals. Can you beat Kansas City? Bosa is a massive difference maker. I think that play energized the entire team. He's back. He looks spry. That could be a difference maker in the whole AFC, guys. He's that good. They've got to go into Arrowhead still, and that's gotta a do regular it. season game. And guess what? If they do win that, we could be talking about a lot of different things. We could be talking about a home playoff game. We could be talking about a first-round bye. They're that good. Yeah. I, I think they are Super Bowl contenders. I have trouble getting all in on the Chargers, though, because of recent history. They don't beat the Chiefs. Yeah. Andy Reid, as a head coach yeah. of Chiefs, has never lost to the Chargers. But maybe this Chargers team is different. And maybe hearing that so many times, they can get the win. Kyle's right. They were down 10 nothing in this game to a bad Cardinals team. And I think a lot of people were like, same old Chargers. And then they won 45-10, to and Rivers looked as good as he ever did. Mm. This might be a different Chargers team. And I'm, I'm okay with that. I want to see the Chargers get a big win. I would like to see it. I would say there's no might about it. This is a different Chargers team. When you look at the way they started the game and how they finished the game. It's a direct reflection of who they are right now. And of course, when we're reading these highlights, we're going to talk about Phillip Rivers, right? And the 96.6 and the record and 28 for 29. It's no surprise that at this age, Phillip Rivers playing at such a high level. It's because of the surrounding pieces. You look at the play yeah. calling. He's comfortable. He knows it like the back of his hand. He has the high, the, high, the high IQ because he's been in the league forever. And then you have guys like this, Travis Benjamin making plays, the speedster, Tyro Williams, Mike Williams, and of course, Keenan Allen, Antonio Gates still balling at his age. I remember in the summertime, I said, this is the most well-rounded wide receiver court on paper. Yeah, no, and I was just, that for a while. I was just throwing it against the wall because of what I saw on paper. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that the wide receiver core looked themselves in the mirror and said, 
We are the most talented. We have everything. We have the height, the speed. We can stretch the field, and we can move the chains. And if Phillip Rivers can continue to lean on these pass catchers, along with Melvin Gordon, who had another two touchdowns, maybe? He's, he's banged up now, Yeah, he yeah. left in the third quarter. This is my Steven's question. So Ian Rappaport came on and said he's out for a couple of weeks. You guys, that's a huge deal. Huge. That is that is losing Gurley if you're the Rams. That is exactly what he is to this offense. Through the passing game, on the ground, and what he, he's 13 total touchdowns this year. He leads the league in yards per touch. How big of a difference is that? It's a huge deal, but they have enough playmakers. Austin Eckler is amazing. For the Steelers, Bengals, Chiefs? Look at Austin Eckler. He's a great young guy that will suffice. And on top of that, they gave Gronkowski two weeks rest. Yeah. And look what he did when he came back on the field. I agree. Sometimes you got to go Popovich with the Spurs yeah. and sit your guys down on the bench for a little bit to let them rest up. I know this is the NFL and every fan wants to see their player play every single week, but if you got to rest Melvin Gordon for him to heal up for a couple weeks, I'm perfectly fine with that. He's playing that good and he the backups it. will do, do okay. MCL situation. We'll have Ian Rappaport on uh, to give you guys more details on that. With me, I'm taking a little less of a Pollyanna approach, I think, with the Chargers. It's like, oh, they're also they're great. They put up 45 points. You were supposed to put up 45 points. You were facing a 2-8 and eight team. I'm not impressed with this. They have to show me what they can do, and I'm on board with this team. I like them, but if you're in a relationship with a dude, you don't, you don't get brownie points. They don't, like, reward you for putting the toilet seat down and making your side of the bed. You're supposed mm-hmm. to do those things. It's when you write cute notes and leave them on the counter, go get my car detailed, bring me cupcakes or whatever on a random Tuesday. That's when you really have me, and that is when you go beat the Steelers and take care of business in Arrowhead. So I'm being a little okay. tougher on that. That was tough, because Now guys. my heart is a little guarded, even though they have the talent to get it done. I okay. like what they did, but you're supposed to do that against bad teams. You're right. I, I feel you. I feel Cupcakes, you. guys. I mean, he made the bed, but he put a little mint on there, too. I don't, I don't have a car to detail, by the way. What I don't if know the why note said, hey, babe, I left the toilet seat done for yeah, you, yeah. right? It's like all worlds come I'd together. I'd be like, you don't get points for that, baby. <laughs> Meet you in the bed, right? Love yeah. you. XOXO. Okay. My winner of the week is yeah. not a player, and it's, it's not some wonderful front office executive who made a move. It's Frank Reich. Have you guys seen how Frank Reich came into the game on Sunday, his approach into the locker room? Look at that look. Is that not the bad? All right, Frankie. You know what? Frank Reich knows that he looks like a sheriff in a small town right there. Wow, dude. (laughs) Clean up this town. Right? They're down (laughs) 10 points late. Get out of my beach community. The Colts, down 10 late. Find a way to get the win. Andrew Luck's going to get all the glory, and we love Quentin Nelson, and we love Darius Leonard, and T.Y.'s playing great, and you said Ebron's having this amazing season. Frank Frank Reich was not supposed to be the coach of this team. Josh McDaniels was, and Frank Reich said, don't worry, I'm the king of comebacks. This is a 1-5 team. Mm -hmm. After they lost to the Patriots on Thursday night, we came in here, and we were like, all right, the Colts, they're a couple years away. The Colts might make a run this year. Frank awesome. Reich, I love how you walked into the stadium, and I love how you left the stadium. The Colts are real contenders, not just for the playoffs, but in the AFC. I don't want to play them if I'm an opposing team, and I don't want to coach mm. against that guy. Frank Reich won the week for me. A Super Bowl winning coach who I think most pundits like overestimated what his loss would be with the Eagles this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Yeah. Were those transitions lenses? So cool. Incredible. I love them. Yeah, and the Colts are there in the middle of the transition themselves. Oh, there you um, go. I used to play this video game, and I think it was Super Nintendo called Super High Impact Football. It was crazy, like street ball, things were nuts. And if you got three consecutive sacks, Uh this guy would come out and go, I eat quarterbacks for breakfast! And it was this incredible animation because he talked and it was the mid-90s. We saw that yesterday. We saw a guy eat quarterbacks for breakfast. Baltimore Ravens, Matthew Judon. Guys, here's the deal. This was the play that sprung the Terrell Suggs uh, fumble return, which gets all the attention. And Suggs is great, and Peter thinks he's a surefire Hall of Famer. 
Judon is the one who stripped it and got the sack. So you made a great play. A lot of people did yesterday as Suggs finishes up the touchdown. So they score. They kick off. The Raiders come back on offense. This is still the same play. <laughs> Fumble again for Suggs. We're just going to keep looking at it because that could be the play of the day. But then the very next snap for the Oakland Raiders, Matthew Judon gets a sack. Never mind the flag. It stands. So that was first down. That's He's two in a row, right? Now it's second down for the Raiders. Judon, somebody chip him or something. you got to be nightmare. kidding me. Three straight sacks. And what does Judon do? That's it. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm running. This is Bo Jackson into the tunnel. I am gone. The best part about this, guys, that was on second down. So it's third down right now, and <laughs> Judon is, is down the beltway out of the tunnel. Watch a dap-up dude out there. And he's having a party in the tunnel. Harbaugh's laughing. There's football to be played here. Have you ever seen that? A defensive player midfield go all the way into the tunnel. No. I've never seen that, I don't think. I think the last time I remember it was that crazy Bengals-Steelers yeah. playoff game where Vontez did it and ended up losing. I've never seen it in the middle of a win like that, three consecutive sacks. If he hadn't done that, perhaps he would have got a four consecutive, but he was all out of breath <laughs> and everything. Exactly. But Judon, always been the best-kept secret of the Ravens' defense. Yeah. Fifth-round pick, Grand Valley State. He's now having his coming-out party. It's perfect because he gets the sack and everyone talks about Suggs. Yeah. Move out. Judon is the story. Could help carry that defense to the playoffs. We'll Ooh, see. Ooh, talking winners here on Good Morning Football. I'll give you guys a loser. The loser in Week 12 was the laws of physics. Mm. Frankly, gravity. Frankly, just... Science yeah. was at a loss with this sort of play. Chris Carson, let's take a look at was he, what he was able to do. We showed it a couple times during the show. But we got to run this back because he gets Woo! it done. Oh, how, on his feet. how does he land on his feet, guys? I do not understand it. Riddle me that. It's an incredible flip. Because finally someone gets bit for the hurdle, right? He's going to embarrass himself. He's going to go, no, he sticks it That was like Spider-Man, bro. It's unbelievable. Look at his arm. Also, he puts it down like, catch myself. God, that is good. He's a winner because three touchdowns in the last four games. Leading rusher on the NFL's number one run defense. Hey! This guy. Could you imagine being that athletic? Not, Nate, I think you are. Yeah. Yeah, the rest of us have to imagine. Who are you talking to, Nate? Don't be modest. Gravity-defying play. Do you guys want to see another one? Yeah. David and Joku. This literally, this is the, the laws of physics, gravity. Uh, we've got Baker hitting his guy and Joku tight end, and he crowd surfs. <laughs> Up from the five. He crowd surfs into the end zone. So it's like he's at a whole concert in yes. 1994. That's Grunch. great. He's wearing oh. flannel. He's got ripped jeans. Courtney loves. The fact that he thought this is a good stage. idea. Where was, he Where was he jumping? But he, but it was clearly. No, I love it. I love it. The David Njoku is one of my favorite tight ends in the game, and he's freakishly athletic. So in his head, he's like, I can get there. He's probably Sh- jumped from the seven-yard line. Shout out to the alignment. J.C. Treader and Kevin Zeitler, they Antonio. pushed him in. His crew, right? Uh, this is what they call a Madden glitch because right. that is exactly what that looked for. And he had a nice game. He had that touchdown, 63 yards and five catches. Those are some winners. That's awesome. I'm glad you brought the Browns up because I want to talk about the Browns as far as who won the week, but one guy specifically, and that's Baker Mayfield. One thing I do know about Cleveland, it's easy to put on a jersey. It's easy to accept the job there. It's easy to collect a check there. Hell, I did it. Um, but the hard thing is to stay, mm-hmm. to stay and commit and to stay in and bleed those colors. I feel like Baker Mayfield is doing that. And we have some sound from after the game. Check it out. Didn't feel like talking. You or him? Me. Why not? Why not? I don't know. Left Cleveland goes down to Cincinnati. I don't know. It's just somebody that was in our locker room asking for us to play for him and then goes to a different team. We play twice a year. Everybody can have their spin on it, but that's how I feel. 
Now, I'm not trying to be too dramatic, okay. but I'm being completely transparent when I feel every word that he's saying. I know that Hugh Jackson's a good dude. I know guys that love playing for him, but he went in there and he probably talked to this rookie. Hey, listen, here's the rivalry. This is the team that we're going to beat up on, and I bleed these colors, and you should too. And Baker's sitting there as a rookie soaking up everything. And you can tell he takes everything at face value. Mm. Whatever you say, I'm going to take that. I'm going to put that in my pocket. I'm going to wear it on my heart. And now Hugh Jackson left, and he bounced, and he went mm-hmm. to Cincinnati. And, of course, he's given all the secrets, all the sauce, trying to beat Baker Mayfield. And he got in his feelings about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mad at Baker Mayfield for seeing Hugh and hitting him with the, you know what? Mm-hmm. Nah, I'm not going to bro-hug you and act like everything's cool. You know how easy it is for Baker Mayfield, who has a ton of money, has some success, who right now could end the season, and we're like, Baker had a good year. Mm-hmm. High-five everybody, give him hugs, and say, Hugh's my guy, I love him. He's already locked in. He's already bought in. So for you Cleveland Browns fans – it's bigger than the touchdowns, mm. man. Y'all got y'all quarterback for the future, mm. and that boy loves it. Yeah. Like, that right there is real, man. I'm oh, okay man. with the honesty. Hugh Jackson was fired. He was fired and took another job. Okay, he got guaranteed money. He doesn't need to take that He's job. All right. He's a head coach. Baker Mayfield left Baker Mayfield for a Big 12 was rival. Unpaid college athlete. To a Big 12 rival. He paid his first year in Oklahoma. Don't, don't what are we talking was, about? That was college. college. Don't make the point then that it's about He wasn't getting paid in college. Do not make the point that it's about being a rival. He chose Mahomes. It's more than this. It's about <laughs> hating another team and be, that being instilled. He, he went to Oklahoma. Andrew Luck absolutely deserves to be in the MVP conversation. He's like going to be but the Colts are scoring their most points per game since 2004. Now, football teaches us so much, and Week 12 was no different. Here's what the breakfast table learned from the action in Week 12. We always like to put a bow on the week that was with the things that we learned each and every week. Who would like to go first? I'll start us off. Back to you. I'll start us off. All right, so now, what I learned is that Baker Mayfield proved to be the perfect fit for Cleveland. Now, if you don't know his story by now, he was a walk-on at Texas Tech. He transferred to Oklahoma, where he was Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year, and then he won the Heisman his senior year, right? He went 34-6. and You remember that. He had all of his teams in the top five every single year. The point I'm trying to make is wherever he goes, he buys in, he locks in, and he makes an immediate impact. Now, as a brand, as a Brown, he's done the same thing. He snapped a 17-game losing streak. 18-game divisional winless streak. Shall I go on? Okay. Well, uh, up until Sunday, they haven't won a road game uh, in 25. 25 games. But that changed once he beat Hugh Jackson's Bengals. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Hugh Jackson. Not Marvin Lewis. Nope, not Marvin Lewis. Hugh Jackson. And after the game, he gave Hugh a stiff handshake. And I had no problem with that. But after the handshake, Baker Mayfield even had some choice words about this cold shoulder. Didn't feel like talking. You or him? Me. Why not? I don't know. It left Cleveland, goes down to Cincinnati. I don't know. That's just somebody that was in our locker room asking for us to play for him and then goes to a different team. We play twice a year. Everybody can have their spin on it, but that's how I feel. Twitter was ablaze yesterday. A lot of conversation. Even Baker joined in. Here's the thing. I'm not saying that Baker should be upset that Hugh took a job with the rival. What I am saying is that you don't have to be upset with him if he don't hug it out with him as his ex-coach. We are living in an era of jersey swap and autograph sharing. Hey, yo, how's your family? High five and hugs after the game. Sun Tzu wrote, if I let go of what I am, I become what I might be. Art of work. Baker Mayfield don't want to become a might guy. It might be good, might be this, might be that. Being him is what got him here. How he plays, how he acts. What he says 
proves that Baker's for the boys and Baker's for the Browns. Mm. Cleveland Browns, for the first time, you got a dude that cares about the logo on his helmet, the colors he wears on that jersey, and the city that he's playing in. Embrace it, because he's embracing you. Ooh! My man. That's good, Preach. That's good. Really good. That was a good handshake. Really good. It's a good, good one. Lean in. It's good stuff, man. Love good take. That. Real talk. We hear the term football is family a whole lot on our show, but this week I learned the gravity and the depth of that phrase. Down in Dallas, the Cowboys are on a special run, three games straight, and this might end up being a very special season. They got a rookie wide receiver named Michael Gallup. He's one of the most beloved players on the team. He's a third rounder out of Colorado State, and he has endeared himself to everyone in that locker room, everyone in that organization with hard work, a smile on his face every day, and a toughness that is displayed on the field and off. Gallup had two big grabs in Week 10, and then in Atlanta in Week 11, he was on the field for that awesome final drive when Dak took him down and they made a field goal to win the game. His life then changed forever, moments afterwards. When he got out of the jubilant Cowboys locker room, he saw his sister standing there, who just had terrible news for him. Their brother Andrew had just taken his own life. Gallup stood there, frozen with grief, with his sister standing outside a locker room that is celebrating after the biggest win of the season. And this is where the footballist family thing takes flight. The Jones family finds out about this, and the Cowboys organization intervenes in a way that you would only hope your organization would. They became everything you would ever want a team and an employer would be in a situation like that. They took over everything for the Gallup family. They made sure that Gallup took his time, and Coach Garrett told Michael Gallup to stay with his family in Georgia for the entire week. And on the day of the game, Jerry Jones sent his private plane to Gallup and said, come if you want, be with us on Thanksgiving, play if you want, no stress, whatever you need. But if you want to be with your teammates, if you want to play, we're here for you. Gallup decided he would take that flight. He did play on Thanksgiving. He played well. And in a week where he was grieving the loss of his brother, he was on the field with his football family in a huge win. Two catches, a victory over division rival, and after the game, he got his first game ball from Jason Garrett. Check out the scene afterwards. We had a guy who, who I think demonstrated the mental toughness maybe as much as anybody. Uh, got some really, really, uh, really, really difficult news as we came into the locker room last week uh, in Atlanta. And, uh, and he came back Tuesday night. And uh, I'll tell you what, he's an inspiration. <laughs> I know my brother was up there watching this, and I told him, you know, we're going to play for him. You know, uh, I appreciate you guys, every one of you. You know, you played, you played hard tonight for me, and I really appreciate that, man. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Hey, that's special stuff. And for all the fantasy football talk and the hot takes and everything we do in our football world, Sometimes reality intervenes, and that's where the idea of team, family, and love takes over. Hats off to the Cowboys. Hats off to Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones. Hats off to those players, but also hats off to Michael Gallup. Football is family. I love that story, and I love what Michael Gallup has ahead of him. Mm. It's awesome. Good stuff, Shrakes. Hats yeah. off to you for picking that story, Peter. Yeah. All things to talk about. It's good. It's and you learned. can speak to that. You obviously have your support system, your family, and your friends, but when you're on a football team, that's an extra support system you have day in, day out. Yeah, sometimes we get caught up in the illusion of what the NFL is, and then reality hits us harder than anything. I've been on teams where people have lost mothers and fathers, and the world stops. Football takes uh, second place, as it should. I 
will go now. Right. I feel like you guys will be so proud of me right now. Okay, what's up? Because you guys are always talking about movies and movie references. And this one's quoting RoboCop. And he's talking about Howard the Duck. And you're talking about <laughs> The Godfather. And I'm like, pew, 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 pew. It's all going over my head with these quotes. I have seen three movies in a month. Yes. Wow. I saw Bohemian Rhapsody with okay. you guys. Yep. I saw Creed Three. I saw A Star is Born. Actually, no. I saw four movies this month because check out the latest one that hit theaters. All their lives, they've been unnoticed, undersized, unproven, then undrafted. Now, they're unstoppable. Adams has a hole more. He's at the 15, the 10, 5. Touchdown, Josh Adams. He's to the 5. He rumbles in. Touchdown, Ravens. From the team that brought you blunt objects, the LeGarrett Store, comes a tale about running backs who might not have heard their name on draft night, but now see their name in lights on game night. Philip Lindsay, Gus Edwards, Josh Adams, undrafted and unstoppable, coming to the theater. Yo, it was a great movie. Was it? It wasn't even just pretty good, which is what you say every yeah. movie is. It was great. Great yeah. movie. It was awesome. Week 12 was the week of undrafted rookie running backs. Philip Lindsay, Josh Adams, Gus Edwards, Gus the Bus, three guys who've worked their way up trying to make a practice squad uh, situation the best that they could. And they went from that to become some of the top rushing threats in the league. Let's break it down here. And let's start with Philip Lindsay, who called TD and said, can I wear your number? Oh, when you look like this, yeah, you can. Yeah. Undrafted, signs with the Broncos back in May. Now he is top 10 in the league in both rushing yards and touchdowns on pace to break the single season rushing record by an undrafted Love that. Good stat. Mm. Then there's Eagles back. Josh Adams, undrafted on K. Adams' waiver list and good morning football. Signs to the practice squad, then join the roster after week two. He's rushed for two touchdowns in two weeks, exploding in the second half of the Giants game with 80 yards and a score. Finally, the new guy comes out of nowhere. Gus the Bus Johnson. Edward, from Edwards. Oh, sorry. I got the bus and that's all I was yeah. thinking about. He's uh, from Staten Island, which is sort of rare for football players that. to come out of there. He went undrafted. Ravens practice squad, he debuts in week six. And over the last two weeks, he's put up more than 100 yards a game. He got in the end zone. Alex Collins wasn't even out there. And he ran angry like a bus running <laughs> stuff over. He missed, he forced 15 missed tackles, Kyle. <laughs> 15? There is. Get out of here. There's only 11 players. Dare I say it, a new bus in the AFC. Oh, you listen to Pittsburgh? Hey! Oh, and it's not even just undrafted rookies who had a big week either. Just undrafted dudes in general. Brita has been doing his thing. Yep. Robert Forrester, JC Jackson, all these guys. Drew Brees, an undrafted guy, doing his thing out there. Putting in the work, and it's starting to show just at the right time this season. But pretty crazy that those three undrafted rookies had themselves a day in That's week awesome. 12. It's incredible. Great movie. We got to hear from Jerome Bettis about the bus. He needs to weigh in. I thought about show. saying that. No, I, I, was love like, it. Uh, uh. I love it. I want to hear from him. Yeah. Hall of Famer. Bus is on Twitter. Yeah. See what he has to say. Yes, Edwards. That's incredible. Um, Kirk Cousins was also incredible the other night. He had a great, great game yeah. and beat the Packers. and. Left Vikings fans in no way disappointed and excited about the investment. And Nate was really good on it yesterday on the show. Cousins really lived up to it. 
But he let me down personally in a personal, emotional way that I'm going to have a hard time getting over. Because I've sat here at this table and we've gone through every end zone nay-nay and whip and everything's Dragon Ball this and, and Fortnite that. And the Vikings, to their credit, busted out a vintage classic called the Limbo Stick. And it was great as the Vikings have, have made their mark with celebrations over Good. two years. And Dalvin Cook gets in. And as you see the team start to convene and execute How excited it, Dalvin was. <laughs> where the hell is Kirk Cousins in this? Where oh. is Kirk Cousins? Every person who was born before 1980. Look, he runs up and he what says, What is that? Nah. Freeze oh. it right there. Unacceptable, Kirk. Every person born before 1980 in this planet wanted you to limbo stick because they don't know what a nene is and they don't know Dragon Ball squat. Kirk walked up and he didn't have the nerve. And for every dad in this country who has limboed a little bit, he let him down. And you might say, why did he do that? Well, some fantastic reporter after the game said, Kirk, the limbo stick was right there. Why didn't you do it? You know, honestly, that one I said, I'm good. I'm going to stay out of this one. I'll let you guys do it. You're doing it pretty well. I didn't know where I was going to fit in either. Unacceptable. You have a duty as the leader of the team to get them in the end zone, and you have a leader of of the the dad revolution in this country. You like the Foo Fighters. You like Bourne movies. You got an apron that says license to grill. You drop the family off to get a table while you park the car. You get to the airport three hours early, four for domestic, and you do the bleeping limbo. I don't know if he's waiting for the cha-cha-cha or the electric slide. The pokey, perhaps? Anything. The conga. That was the moment. And I'll tell you something. You might say, well, I'm the quarterback. I'm the QB. One, I'm a fake. No. Case Keenum had his moment last yes. year. They decided to go freeze tag, and Case not only did it, he committed so hard to it, and I respect it. He committed so long, the team ran up and fired him and replaced him with Kirk Cousins. But I respect <laughs> that Case Keenum said, This is going to be my moment, and this There's was Case. Kirk Cousins. Case. He's still there. He's still standing there doing a freeze tag in the so end zone. Good. Is such a missed opportunity this for what Kirk does. One. It is so disappointing for me. The limbo we can do, and guys, I'm a man of action. Yeah. I try to be an example for my children. I'm a dad. There's a few other dads at the table. So why don't we, instead of just me screaming at Kirk, why don't we show him how easy it could have been? Back up the talk. Let's limbo. Let's walk the Let's walk. go. Wait, so Come on. Do we have a broom or what? Oh, we got Nate. We got Nate. Nate's going to be our uh, limbo slice. Let's do it, Nate. Oh, limbo slice. Nate, are you Adam Fury? Yes. All right. You're not lifting me We're up. We're going to show that Kirk raised his game but lowered the bar. All right. All right. Trust so lean back. Trust trust Here we go. Oh, Pull the trust off. Okay. Now give me those go. Here we $500 go. shoes. And Adam's going to go. go. Can go. you go? Yeah! Activate the core. Activate the core. Still holding, Kirk. Still holding. Get down. Still holding. Kirk, you no should have done it. No Next week, we need a sequel. Great job with the limbo. Great When's job the last with the time stick. you guys limboed for real? That needs to come back. I do it on the weekends. The, play twister. the limbo's always I like a good your time. conga line idea. That was it. The world needs more Kirk Cousins dancing, even though he's still feeling the traumatizing effects, if you will, of his dead arm dance. Either way, we're almost at the end of the regular season, which means the playoff picture is getting clearer and clearer. However, the wildcard race is anything but clear. Here's what the GMFB crew had to say about the wildcard picture in each conference. We're looking at the playoff picture, and as things get closer and closer to Week 17 in the wildcard round, we have these two areas. We have the two wildcard teams. And then we have the teams in the hunt. I love the hunt section. All right, we love the in the hunt section, and there are four quality teams in the hunt. 
and there are two quality teams in the wild card. Let's have a little game. We okay. are going to call this got, Peter? the wild card roundup game. Okay. okay. I've got all the stuff here at the breakfast bar. Why don't we have a little breakfast debate? I'm going to say three different categories. You guys tell me which team you think is the right answer for each. Let's start it off right, right away. First here. round? Okay, first This is the one I always buy. The very first question. Which one of these NFC wildcard hopefuls would you least want to see in the playoffs if you're one of those top seeds? Okay. Who's the scariest team in the hunt or wildcard? I'll jump right in. I'm going with the Panthers. That's it, Nate. Wow, That's keep pounding. Okay. Nate's yeah. drinking already. Yeah. All Another right. fuzzy so navel. I'm going with the Panthers because I know they came off them three tough losses, right? The, the Lions and the Steelers, Steelers, of and course, and, and Seahawks. Yes, yeah, Seahawks. But when you look at Cam, he's playing at the most efficient level he's played at in his career. Um, career high and completion percentage in passer rating, which means all those questions about can Cam stick in a pocket and be a pure passer? Yes, he can. But most importantly, though, that guy that he just handed, fake handed the ball off to, yeah. that was to Christian McCaffrey. Nine touchdowns in the last five games. So you look at the type of players that he's playing with. Cam can light you up in the air and on the ground. Christian McCaffrey's a beast. Oh, and they still got Luke Keekley on defense. Mm. Three straight losses, Burleson. Okay, what do you got? I'm going to play off. What do you got? Three Panthers. straight losses. I didn't Panthers. know who I was going to pick, and then you made that case about the Panthers, and this is like the quintessential bargument at the thing. I'm yep. sitting next to you, you spit some take, and I'm like, right. whoa, 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 bro. They lost to yes. this team. True. And they were up the entire time. Christian McCaffrey had the game of his life, and yet somehow Russell Wilson still pulls it out. They have a top 10 defense. He's done it too many times. I do not want to see him in the playoffs. Mm. I don't either. That's a scary man. But Peter, if you're asking us to look forward to the playoffs, which team do we not want to see there in January? I'm going to say this team. And really? I'll tell you why. Because if this team is there and you're giving me that What's as that option, imply? <laughs> that means that they beat Washington this weekend. They beat Dallas. They probably beat the Rams. They probably beat the Texans. <laughs> and I know I'm not jumping on the table for this team at all. I'm not going to BS Philadelphia. No, you don't do that. I, I, Peter, how dare you? I'm always authentic <laughs> about this. Right now, you know the movie Flatliners where they're trying yeah, to get yeah. Kiefer with the paddles? That's the Eagles. But if they are in the playoffs, it's they turned it the hell on. You do not want to see them. You're right. It means they would be coming in hot. Uh, next question. Let's do another one here. Which NFL head coach? We've got some Super Bowl champion head coaches in those six teams. Okay. Which head coach would you least like seeing lining up against you if you were one of these teams who are already in the playoff You're going to ask which head coach we don't have a beer with. I'm going to go Oh, okay, that's first. a good question, too. Uh, and this, my answer for both, Pete Carroll. I'm going to say this right now. I think right now we're in the middle of Pete Carroll's greatest coaching performance of his career. Better than USC. Going back to John David Booty, Peter, you can name it. This was the gap year for the Seattle Seahawks. The band broke up. Everybody graduated. This is the dad saying, no, get off your butt. Go out and get a job. He brings Russ with him. He brings Wagner with him. I don't want to see Pete. He's got a <laughs> ring on his finger. He should have had two, but I, that's my guy. There's a couple of these guys I don't want to see. Hold on. Don't want to see him. Don't want to see him. But I will go with Riverboat Ron. Yeah, that's the beer one, too. Because it? I feel like he, and he's my beer one, too. He's won an NFC Championship game. He's sort of been there and done that. He takes risks. He goes for it. Uh, and his T-shirt game is on point. So what is not to like about Riverboat Ron? I like does the, have the experience. He's got the experience, and he's a risk taker. He's bold. He goes for it. All right, speaking of experience, I'm going with a coach that was scorned last year by the experience of not making it to the Super Bowl. 
I'm going with Mike Zim for the Minnesota Vikings. All right, go on. Listen, the playoffs are all about what? It's all about great quarterback play and running the ball and passing. Mm-hmm. They got a top three defense. Even after the struggles this year, look at those glasses, man. You want a guy that can see everything. He can see everything on the field with those glasses. Shout out to my guy Zims. But here's the thing. Five straight quarterbacks under 200 yards. That's including Breeze. That's including Rodgers. So I'm looking at Zimmer. The playoffs is all about great quarterbacks, right? You want a defense that can get after those quarterbacks. I'm going with Zims, baby. Minnesota Vikings. I'd want him there and be like, what's up, Zim? Yeah. Give him a big hug. I, the bar, I, I wear goggles. Zimmer. Minnesota Vikings held Drew Brees <laughs> to 120 passing yards. The, the Saints won, but that is a number that stuck right, out Peter. to me. Last nugget. one here. Yeah. Last one here. Last Which call. Which of these NFC wildcard hopefuls? Last call at semi-sonic. the breakfast bar. Semi-sonic. Give me semi-sonic. <laughs> you don't have to. What kind of bar? can't stay here. What kind of bar is this? Uh, which player of all these is the scariest? Closing time right now. I like Who's it. the one NFC wildcard hopeful team player that you think is the scariest? Ooh, I'll go Russell Wilson. Can go I go first? Yeah. yeah Can I go first? Answer. I'm going to go Russell Wilson. Uh, I feel like he's Mr. Game-Winning Drive. He's the same reason I don't want to see these guys in the playoffs. He's somehow getting it done. Tyler Lockett has eight touchdowns this season. He has three games without scoring. It's unbelievable what they're doing. They've got a run game. They've got a defense. It's all we've ever wanted for Russell Wilson. So, yeah, he's been in five career playoffs appearances and he's led at least one game winning drive in the fourth quarter in that time which is insane I'm a double down I'm going with Russell Wilson as well one of the most athletic quarterbacks and because he's such a pure passer in the pocket we don't give him credit for what he does and the fact that he does have a running game the play action fake he's one of the best quarterbacks when it comes to him play action outside of the pocket so his efficiency is at a different level the yeah. fact that he can go out there deliver the ball to his wide receivers and then lean on a running game for the first time since Marshawn Lynch left this is something different man if you really pay attention to what he's doing Russell Wilson just like you said a segment ago could be having the best season of his career two for us oh, I knew you'd come around well, no, I'm always let me, a Russell let me buy you a beer. I'll oh, buy you a beer. Sure, put on the tap. I think if you're a single gentleman in a bar trying to meet a nice young lady, the person you do not want to walk in the bar is the quarterback of this team right here. I will say this over and over again. Cam Newton at the height of his powers is the most dangerous, most powerful player in all of the National yeah. Football League. And I'm going to go through in the schedule, too. If Cam's going to get in, you got to beat the Saints at least once. You got him twice. Maybe you get lucky being in week 17. But I'm going to go Cam. He brings McCaffrey as his winger. Couldn't get better than that. Cam Newton, most powerful player in sports when he's on his game. You Russ, playing? Cam, I got to play for one. Guys, if you let this guy in, do not sleep. Right. You cannot let this guy. Aaron Rodgers. No one put Aaron Rodgers on the list. Not this year. Peter, he's been standing in that line for 11 weeks. We're waiting for him to come in. Yeah, I think he left his ID at home. <laughs> Not getting in the club. Let's focus on the players, all right? And I'm going to ask you guys each a question, and you've got paddles in your hand. Burleson, I'll start with you. Which offensive player out of all of those teams, if you were one of the teams that are in the playoffs, would you be most scared to see on the other side of the field? I'm looking at a guy. If he catches his rhythm and he gets a hold of this playbook, <laughs> he can put up astronomical numbers. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going with Lamar Jackson. Because the, the type of rhythm that he's catching right now, I know he's not playing perfect football, but the fact that he can control the ground with his legs and then deliver the ball downfield. I mean, we're starting to see just bits and pieces of what he really can do within his offense. Just check out this play right here. A small little play fake. He goes around left, and he's just as fast as anybody. And sometimes he's the fastest guy on the field. And this is what people don't see. After the games, we'll show the highlights. And, of course, we're going to show the runs because that's tantalizing. But what we don't show enough is the pass plays, the clutch plays. And once he gets more comfortable throwing the ball like we're seeing right here, 
we're going to see this guy put up amazing you know numbers. He's going to start to separate himself, right? The Redskins were three and six a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Griffin started getting a couple wins, and the Redskins went on this roll, and it was like, how do you stop the Red? I almost feel like this rookie quarterback has been a spark plug for the Ravens. Yes. And the way CJ was just talking, yes. they're getting going right now. Okay, yeah. who do you got? Offensive player out of those six teams. Sorry, I, I need some space for you. Okay, you need space. space. Okay. Can oh, I- space. Oh, I'm going to go good. with Andrew Luck as my offensive guy because he's gone. I just had to count it. I had to look it up because I still can't believe it's true. Eight straight games with three or more touchdowns. And he's got a couple four-touchdown games sprinkled in there as well. What he's doing is so incredible. And as a comeback player of the year situation, he's so good that Le'Veon Bell is already talking about how he (laughs) wants to join Mm -hmm. Andrew Luck next year. That's how scary he is. Yeah, I'm on the same page with you. But I, you know, like when, when Sandra Bullock was floating out in space as the astronaut, she was only as good as the help she had. Clooney was hugely instrumental in her survival. It's true. I can't believe I'm going to say this, guys, but I'm going to say Eric Ebron. I'm going to say He's this right now. player you're scared, most scared of. Because he makes luck luck, and he makes luck in the red zone without Ebron, who, by the way, is, is on track to break Rob Gronkowski's single-season touchdown record for tight ends. Crazy. So I think we talk about Reich and his back down luck, and I know we're talking about a Colts tight end, and Peter's rolling his eyes. Yeah. I know it. No, no, I'm you know a big Dallas Clark fan. I love Colts Shoot. tight ends. Hello, Hawkeye's the best. <laughs> but I think that Ebron has been the key for luck and he's he makes luck dangerous so that scares me i'm gonna double down on you kyle okay Okay. we did offensive players of all those teams and we can see the graphic maybe one more time we've got the chargers the ravens the titans the broncos the colts which defensive player would you be most scared to go up against in a playoff game I got to go with my guy. I, I, I got I to go with, with the lightning bolt right here from the Ohio State University. His brother just hired an agent, so he's coming too. Joey Bosa, we talked about it a million times. The fact is, the guy didn't play a football game for about 10 months, had one warm-up week, and came back and had two sacks. And I, and I know it was against Josh Rosen, but when I saw Bosa come out of those two sacks last week, I picture them against Brady or Roethlisberger or Mahomes or anybody in the AFC. This dude scares me because he's still not even all the way back yet. Two sacks already. Mm. Nightmares. Tom Brady, Von Miller's giving you nightmares. Uh, Cam Newton, you lost the Super Bowl to this guy. He was an Super Bowl MVP. He now has sacks in six straight games. I'm going with this guy. Von Miller. Sorry, Bosa and that B-roll. Move over for Von Miller. That's my choice in this because he's been there. He's done that, and I don't want to see him anywhere near a field. If I'm it's honest. crazy that Von Miller hasn't been to the playoffs since he was Super Bowl MVP. Well, Peyton retired. <laughs> and if they get hot, Kay, you're right. He might be the, forget defensive player, the one single player you don't want to see. Burleson, take us home. I'm going to keep Who's it. Who's the defensive player you would least want to see? I'm going to keep it very recent, and that's C.J. Mosley. He's just on the show. And there was something about him when he was talking to us, very calm, very collected, almost like he understood that the fate is in our hands. Like, we're not going to sit here and clock watch and watch and wait for other teams to lose. We're going to try to control our own destiny. And when talking about being Defensive Player of the Year, he said, it's not necessarily all about the numbers. It's all about making other guys' job uh-huh. easier. Uh-huh. So when we see other yeah. guys make plays on this team, interceptions, big hits, and, and guys becoming free and picking up fumbles, you know who's always in the midst of it? CJ. 57. He's always there. So shout out to CJ. He's one of those individuals that we might not see on the stat board, but quarterbacks always worry about when they game plan for him. Love it. He's a star. Yeah, he, he is a star. Okay. A bright star. We yeah. love astronomy. That's will it. he, like Saturn, get a ring? <laughs> put a ring on it. <laughs> I weirdly sitting here was thinking, how do I put the rings of Saturn with the rings of a Super Bowl? Yeah. You did it, my friend. Gotcha. You did it. Right. Thank Thank you. Awesome stuff. We'll do this throughout the week, and as the playoffs progress, we'll continue to update our answers, I'm sure. All right. Very interesting. And if you guys at home have any thoughts... Let us know.
Can't wait to see how it all shakes out in the coming weeks. Well, thanks for tuning in to the Good Morning Football Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on all our channels and come back tomorrow for some more fun. So from all of us here at GMFB, have a good morning and a great day. 